Hello and welcome to Pandemic Parenting Sucks Season 2 Episode 6. I know I'm throwing everybody off by doing a mid-month episode instead of a beginning or ending of a month episode, which I've done the past couple months, but I wanted to do a quick check-in since the last time we had a little bit of a chat since my semester is over and my kids are in school and I'm at home for a little bit. I have some time. Ironically, though, I had to, I started recording this in my living room and I had to change to my dining room because my neighbor decided to leaf blow his leaves. And mind you, this is also December 14th. We have 11 days till Christmas and my neighbor's leaf blowing his leaves. I don't know how he has any leaves left, but he has the amazing habit of not just leaf blowing his leaves, but he blows them across the street into our yard as in he literally walks his leaf blower and himself across the street to make sure the leaves get officially in our yard. Now, I don't know if this is because he sees that we actually just don't give a crap about our yard. We're under the naturalist perspective. We just leave the leaves there. They take care of the yard. They'll decompose by spring. It's fine. They'll go away. In all actuality, we would love to pick up our leaves. We just don't have time, and we have a lot, a lot of trees in our yard. Even after cutting down four trees, we have a lot of trees in our yard. And we just can't keep up with it, not with my work schedule, not with my husband's work schedule. And my oldest isn't quite old enough yet to go out there and start bagging leaves because, unfortunately, in our town, we cannot burn leaves. Or fortunately, in our town, we cannot burn leaves. We have to bag them all and put them on the curb which gets kind of ridiculous. Plus, leave bags are like $2 a bag. So it's expensive, it's ridiculous, and it's time-consuming, and there's much better things I would like to do with my time, like recording podcasts. That apparently I spiked something somewhere. Um, I went from having very minimal people listening, high family that listens to me, to all of a sudden, I had a lot of people listen to my last two podcasts, which makes me incredibly happy, but also makes me wonder, you know, what did I hit and can I do it again? Because um, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, so many people listened to this last one. So that was great. Since I talked a little bit about my neighbor leaf blowing, I'll talk a little bit about the weather being so crazy. It's December 14th. We've had barely any days where it's gotten below freezing. I think we only had like one or two at the beginning of December. It's been relatively warm. And when I say relatively warm, it's going to be 70 tomorrow. And in central Illinois, 70 is kind of scary. Just like what we saw last week with the tragedy of all the tornadoes happening. That's kind of got us all on edge. Anybody who's ever lived in Tornado Alley kind of knows any off-season type weather especially warm weather in a cold season is not a good sign. It's actually a very scary sign. So it's going to be 70 tomorrow. It's 60. It's going to be 60 something today and then 70 tomorrow. So we're all kind of expecting storms and stuff and happening and being really crazy. Luckily, all of the storms went just a little south of us. We had high winds the last Saturday, but we didn't have the storm storms. We didn't lose power, but some people around us did lose power. But our little area, our little pocket in the city didn't lose power. So we got incredibly lucky. And it's just devastating looking at everything that happened in Edwardsville, everything that happened in Kentucky. 
And it gets a little more panicky knowing that could have been you, like it could have come up north just a little more. And right before Christmas, you know, tornadoes in December is not a common occurrence. Tornadoes in the winter is not a common occurrence. Tornado season is usually around the same time as hurricane season between May and August is when we would see tornadoes. So seeing this many and this aggressive of tornadoes in December is quite humbling and quite terrifying when we think about weather and climate change and the fact that it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow. The My kids are a little bummed that we probably won't get snow for Christmas or get snow over Christmas break at all. We've been looking at the weather, the extended weather, and it just doesn't look like it's going to get cold enough for it to snow. About the only time I'm even okay with snow is during Christmas break or on the weekends. So if I don't have to drive anywhere, I'm cool with snow. But if I have to drive somewhere, I'm not cool with snow. We live at the like in between two hills and to get out of our neighborhood, we have to go up a hill and there's a stop sign at the tippity top of the hill. And anytime we get any ice or any snow, it's absolutely terrifying. The stop sign becomes a suggestion, not a law. And and if you do stop, it can be quite scary. You slide back down or you slide into somebody's yard. So I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to driving in it. Thankfully, the new school that the kids go to is fairly close to my house, so I don't have to drive really far away. I don't have to drive across town or anything like that. But I'm a little worried with pickup line because pickup line is so crazy. Even now, even, you know, halfway through the year, pickup line is still so crazy. And I've done drop off this past week and I've got I've got opinions on that, but pickup line is so crazy that I'm worried there's going to be accidents. People get right up on each other. They rush up and get very close to each other. So I'm worried that that'll be an issue. Now I've done, my husband normally does drop off because I'm normally teaching. So I'm already in class by the time the kids go to school. But since I am done for the semester, my finals are over. They're all graded. They're all turned in. I have a break until the middle of January. But it's not really a break. All the teachers out there know this. It is not a break. I will be working on all my stuff for the spring, trying to get as much ahead as possible. I am decently okay activities and calendar-wise until about the end of March. And as soon as the end of March hits, that's when all the kids' activities hit. That's when everything happens. So we have to do all of that. And I, I try to get as much done as I possibly can for the entire semester before spring break in March, because I know coming back from spring break, it's going to be crazy for me. But I'm done for now. And the so I can take the kids to school. My youngest, my four-year-old is fairly excited about it. She's super happy I'm taking her to school. My two oldest kids could really care less, even though I do think they miss their dad taking them to school because that was their time with him that they really had with him. And they have me all the time. But the, I take them to school, takes me about 15 minutes to get there, get through the line. And then I leave and I can do whatever I want for the rest of the day. And then I have to go back and pick them up at the end of the day. But the there um there's normally before and after school care it stopped this week and it's not going to start back up again until after january so i found so last week i took them thursday and friday and it was really simple really easy got through there very quickly i kind of got a little cocky because i was like ah, i can leave a lot closer and still get there in time it's no big deal we don't have to wait in line well <laughs> since i greatly over underestimated 
myself with the closure of before and after school care. So this week, so yesterday, because today is Tuesday, so yesterday morning was the first time I've had to drop them off without before school care. And apparently before school care really thinned out the population. And since there's no before school care now, all of those kids that previously were in before school care are now all in pickup line. So we ran a little late on Monday, which had all of my kids complaining that they weren't going to get breakfast at school, which they get breakfast at home. So I'm not like denying them breakfast, but apparently they're like elves in or hobbits or whatever from the Lord of the Rings and they need their second breakfast. So they they eat at the school too, also apparently. And they always complain like, well, all the good breakfasts are going to be gone if we're late, blah, blah, blah. Um, the, but the, so Monday was a bit of a shit show. We were, I, we were waiting, pro, I want to say between 15 and 20 minutes in the drop-off line to drop them off. And drop-off should go faster than pick up. Because we aren't waiting for a specific child to leave the school. We are just having all children vacate the car as quickly as possible. Now, those of us that are experienced pickup line and drop-off line individuals know parents do not walk your children to the door. You get them out of the car. If you're super nice and gracious or if you have small children like I do with my four-year-old, you actually physically stop the vehicle uh, in previous years with my two oldest, I've been like, doors open, go, 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 get out of the car, get out of the car. I do have to get out because my youngest still does not know how to unbuckle herself from her seatbelt. So I have to get out to unbuckle herself from her five-point harness. And she'll be in the five-point harness for another year. I think they have to be in it till they're five. Um, but my middle child turns nine next week and nine means no more booster seat. So she's really excited about that because apparently booster seats are uncomfortable. So she's excited to have no more booster seat anymore. And my husband's excited because that'll free up a little more space in his car with the booster seat and the car seat in the back seat of the car. It was quite tight. So this is nice. So my oldest is old enough to ride in the front seat and my middle now no longer needs a booster seat. And by this time next year, my youngest will no longer be in a five point harness, just a high back booster with her normal car seat, which will be very nice and very helpful because she is getting um, to the limits of her car seat, of her current car seat right now. So this morning, I learned my lesson from Monday, left a little earlier, got there, and apparently I got there too early. So I, I don't know. I can't win. I cannot win. And yesterday during pickup, I had the same issue and I wasn't even in the parking lot. I left at the same time I normally leave my house and because there's no after school care, all those kids are getting picked up and it was ugly. It was very ugly. We couldn't, like you couldn't get down the road. They had both sides of the road blocked with cars parked. It was just ridiculous. Plus, they still don't have the bus stuff figured out. Again, I know it's December and they still don't have busing figured out. However, they've changed all around and promised busing is figured out in January and all the kids can make it to school because there's some kids that still haven't been able to come to school because their buses had never had drivers. They never had someone for that route. So hopefully that's all figured out by we come back from Christmas break, but 
who knows? Hopefully, fingers crossed that everybody will have their stuff together. The I wrote out what I wanted to talk about, and I normally don't, but I'm feeling the pressure because more people are listening to me. So I actually wrote out what I normally wanted to talk about, and I found out very quickly that I'm almost 40 years old and cannot spell ornament. Because I was talking about, I'm like, I'll talk about how we decorated and made our Christmas ornaments. And I tried to write it on a piece of paper and I cannot mm-hmm. spell it to save my life. Mind you, my oldest one is competing in another spelling bee this month, but I cannot spell ornament. Um, anniversary is also very hard for me. So there are several words that I find very difficult to spell. But for those of you that don't know, um, and most of you don't, I do have a reading disorder. I was diagnosed with dyslexia, which does affect my spelling um, and writing of numbers, but it doesn't affect me reading that much. It's difficult. Um, When I do read, I don't see small words. So if a word is three letters or less, I do not see it when I read. So it makes reading more difficult, which is why I'm pretty much strictly audiobooks. I love audiobooks. I will burn through audiobooks so quickly, which is why I think the Audible subscription where you only get three audiobooks a month is just ridiculous. I could do three audiobooks a week if not more. So it's like, you want me to spend that much for three audiobooks a month? Ooh, I mainly get them from the library whenever I can, but it also puts me behind. So a lot of times, like the new Janet Ivanovich book just came out, for example. Um, I love her Stephanie Plum series. I love Janet Ivanovich. I'm totally team ranger. Um, Apparently the new book has Diesel in it. I've missed Diesel and her. So um, he used to be in all the Between the Numbers books. If you guys, if there's any Janet Ivanovich fans out there, he was from the Between the Numbers books and he's in this new latest book. It just came out a couple weeks ago in November and I put my name on the hold list for the audiobook at the library and it says I'm on hold until April 14th. So I'm going to have to wait until April to get my hands on this book and listen to it because audiobooks are so stinking expensive. I can't justify spending 50 plus dollars on an audiobook that's only seven hours long. So I'm waiting till April for my library to get it. I'm hoping it goes through the hold process really quickly because that's based on the standard everybody's 14 day standard hold or standard checkout time, but some people can return it early. So I'm hoping maybe it's quicker than April. Uh, I don't think it'll be before January. I don't think it'll be even before February, but it's a long process, but I'm willing to hold out for audiobooks and I'm just cheap. So I guess my time, I have to balance time and money and I value money more. So I'm like, I'll just wait. It's fine. But um, the kids, my kids still have another week of school. They don't get out until the 21st. So they go fairly late. However, fingers crossed, knock on wood, kiss a black cat, whatever I need to do, they need to stay in school. But all of the schools around us are dropping like flies. Everybody's going to remote. We just had two schools in not in our district, but like in districts close to us, two schools have went completely remote until Christmas break, until after Christmas break, because the cases are absolutely insane right now. Uh, my middle has dodged the bullet twice because she's vaccinated. 
and not showing symptoms. However, if my bookend, so if my oldest or my youngest get exposed, neither one of them are fully vaccinated. My youngest cannot be vaccinated and my oldest has only had one vaccine. So if either one of them get a close contact, they're out. Where my middle has had two close contacts and she's still in because she is vaccinated and is not showing any symptoms. Um, She's also tested negative. So we're not I'm not worried about that. We just had a big event for Cub Scouts this past weekend and a kid tested positive right after attending that. So that was another scare, not for us, thankfully, but for other families that were there during that child's time, that was another scare. It was, they were going back and forth and whether they should have had it at all. I don't think they should have had it or they should have had the kids make the rockets and then just drop the rockets off and live stream it on YouTube so the kids could watch their rocket but it would have limited exposure because the we do not do Cub Scouts in our town. We do it in a town over from us. And that town is seeing a lot of spikes in cases. I mean, a lot of this, our town is too. I'm not shading that town at all. Uh, our town is seeing a lot of spikes in cases. My kid's school has over 100 kids quarantining right now. Um, they're not saying what the positives are. So we don't know how many positives there are, but we have between 100 and 150 kids quarantining. Now, this is a 750-person school of just children, not counting staff and stuff. So, yeah, the numbers are high. I don't know if they're just going to push through until Christmas break, just like, we're going, we're not quarantining, we're not shutting down, we're not going virtual. Um, We were told, however, even though my middle one is vaccinated, if her teacher tests positive, then the whole class will go virtual. So she would be home if her teacher tested positive because there's not enough substitutes right now to cover the classes. And I'm just like, well, shit. Um, it almost makes me want to renew my sub license. I got my substitution, substitute teacher's license a long, long time ago when I was getting my master's degree and It expired when I want to say my oldest was in kindergarten and I knew I didn't have the time to substitute then. So I just let it expire. Um, They're like 50 bucks, maybe. I don't remember. I think it was 50 bucks when I did it, but that was, I want to say 15 years ago. Uh, I could substitute. I could go get my license again and substitute teach, but I can't because I'm teaching so many college classes. However, like when I'm on break or when I'm on spring break or something, I could, you know, tap in and be a substitute when they need it. Um, it's very stressful. And that's another reason I think I, I substituted less than a handful of times and decided that was not for me. I will do with high school seniors all the time. I'll do high school seniors and juniors all the time. The little kids, man, they're rough. Little kids are rough. And substituting junior high kids, I think junior high kids are worse than high schoolers. Like, you would have to pay me a lot of money to substitute for a 7th grade class versus, like, a 10th grade class. Just the hormones, the all of that. I, I could not deal with junior high kids. And I couldn't deal with the preschoolers either. So, but... If a teacher tests positive, I guess their whole class is virtual. I don't know how that works for my pre-K-3, though, because my two oldest have electronics from the school. So they both have pads. The school issues that they know what to do if they go virtual. They know where the classes are. They know how to do Google Classroom. 
My youngest does not have a pad through the school. I don't know if she would do school virtually. And I don't know how that would affect me paying tuition because I do pay tuition for her per month. But I think it's calculated weekly. But if they're out, you know, if she's virtual for four weeks and doesn't have instruction, do I still pay for those four weeks? Like all of these unanswered questions, it just stresses me out. And this, like I'm stressed out this time of year anyway, with my two oldest kids having their birthdays, with Christmas, with everything just stresses me out. So I'm like, oh, yay, let's go virtual. That's awesome. That being said, I understand that I am in a way better position than most people are because if they went virtual right now, I'm at home anyway. I don't have to scramble to find childcare. I know if they go virtual, even after I go back to work, I have my father-in-law who is an amazing childcare provider. My mother-in-law also steps in, but he's retired. So while she's at work, he has stepped up. He stepped up last year and came and watched the kids while I taught in the morning so I know if I had to, he could come and watch the kids until I got back from work. And then I would be home from work the rest of the time. So it wasn't, it wouldn't be that big of a, it'd be a hassle and it'd be a big deal, but it wouldn't wreck. It wouldn't wreck us. So I understand I'm privileged in that aspect. I understand just to have the ability to do that is such a load off my mind, but I know my middle child would would not do well virtual. She did not do well last time. She would not do well if it happened again because she really likes her teacher and really likes being at school. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we just keep on trucking. Um, and like I was talking to my friend and she has family in Texas and they're just treating it like the common cold now. No one's wearing masks. They're not close contact quarantining. Hell, you could be physically sick and they're not making you test. If you do test and you do a positive, they'd prefer you stay home for a couple of days, but it's not mandatory. And it just baffles me that we are so locked down so tight in Illinois that, you know, you sneeze, you're getting a COVID test and not just a rapid test. You got you have to have a PCR to go back to school. And then other states are like, yeah, you know, whatever. If you get sick, you get sick. It's fine. And I'm not saying either one is more right than the other. It's just how can we expect to do anything when everybody is making up their own rules? It's like playing a game with every player has their own set of rules. Well, it's just chaos and nothing really gets accomplished. So it's like we either all follow the same rules or we just get rid of the rules and do what we want and let people choose what to do. And and again, I'm not sure which way is the best. Part of me is like, just fuck it. We're done. You know, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I'm terrified about quarantining. I'm terrified about, you know, close contacts, um, wiping out an entire class of students. I have a friend whose child has only been to school one week this year because every time they go back, they get close contacted. So they, they're not even, they're like back two days and they get another close contact and they're quarantining again. So it's like, well, that's not, that child's not getting an education either. What do we do? And the child, the child who's had to close contact quarantine this entire time has never actually gotten positive. So he keeps close contact quarantining and keeps going back to school. Uh, It's just such a clusterfuck. Like I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm cussing so much in this. Uh, 
Uh, I normally cuss a lot when I teach and that's my natural outlet. And apparently when I'm not teaching, I cuss all the time. I've also decided I talk to my cat. I told my cat I was going to the Dollar Tree, which is now the Dollar Twenty-Five Tree, which is kind of bogus, but you know, inflation, whatever. But I told my cat this morning, I'm like, I'm going to the Dollar Tree. Do you need anything? Now, the terrifying aspect of this is I waited for a response. So I wasn't like, bye, Dylan, I'm going to the Dollar Tree. It was like, hey, Dylan, mommy's got to go to the Dollar Tree. Do you need anything? And I looked at him and I waited for a solid 30 seconds. So maybe that means I've officially lost my mind. This was a very hard semester for everybody. Um, I think the students are feeling it where they got away with a lot the past two years because of COVID, especially 2020. It's like, we just have to get through the semester. We ha- you know, I don't care. Just turn something in, you'll pass. And now we're getting back into that. No, you have to do this. And it's graded properly. And I think a lot of teachers, not just myself, are getting back into the normal routine of the new normal and less panicked and less like freaking out and I honestly I think the students might be suffering for it because they're like oh shit we have to do our work now and it's not just I can't just turn something in and get an A on it because I've turned something in so it's yeah I think it'll be an adjustment Um, but we've done several Christmassy stuff this year, it again it hasn't smelled. It hasn't smelled like Christmas. It hasn't smelled like Christmas. It hasn't felt like Christmas. There's no, there's no Christmas joy yet. Uh, my cat keeps knocking over my tree to the point I had to order a new one on Amazon. By the way, if you need a new tree, Amazon has our Christmas trees like seventy percent off. So we have a lovely brand new box Christmas tree coming to my house sometimes this week, and I'm going to just shove it downstairs and hope it works out next year. Because my cat has knocked my Christmas tree over daily. He has snapped several branches on my Christmas tree and he eats it like a toothbrush. So we are getting a new Christmas tree. Maybe a new cat. Uh, My youngest told me I need to buy a new cat who's nicer. The we went and saw Christmas lights this past weekend. They had the trees on tees again where they put all the Christmas trees on the golf course and they were very pretty. It was very cold though this year. Uh, The kids had a really good time though and they ran around with their friends but it was you know I don't know if it's just how stressful this year is. I don't know if it's COVID burnout. I don't know what it is but I feel like I'm just going through the motions and checking the boxes. Like oh we painted Christmas ornaments. Check. We put the tree up. Check. You know, we went and saw Christmas lights. Check. Uh, This weekend, we're going to make Christmas cookies. Check. So I don't know if it's I'm just going through the motions and just checking stuff off because I'm so overwhelmed or what's going on. But it's just, ah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about it. It's crazy that it's coming up so quickly. It's crazy that my middle child's birthday is coming up so quickly the we didn't even decorate outside that much the kids were like wanting to you know full-on national lampoon christmas vacation decorate outside and it probably would have went just as well i have a tiny little wreath outside on our lamp post and in my garage that resembles mary poppins purse i found a little like inflatable blow-up christmas present with a snowman in it don't know where it came from don't know how it got there. I'm calling it a Christmas miracle. 
but I just happened to be going through stuff in the garage and I'm like, hey, you know what? Why don't we put that outside this year? It is adorable. It's not an obnoxious blow up. But this is my first year ever having an inflatable Christmas decoration. And we had 50 mile an hour winds. We had tornado, you know, tornadic weather. And apparently you have to unplug them when that happens. It was whipping around like nobody's business. So it was like it was dancing at a strip club out in front of our yard. And I ran out and unplugged it because I didn't want it to rip. It's still out there now. It looks like it's had a rough life though. Like, are, are these like a one season, like a one-off thing? I don't know. I've never done inflatable Christmas decorations. Like, do you just use it once and throw it away because it looks raggedy? Ours looks rough. He looks like he's, you know, worked hard. So I don't think he'll be coming back next year. Poor little guy. He's super cute though, but poor little guy. And I got my ceramic trees out. I have a odd obsession with the ceramic trees you know the whiter green ones they're all out on my table I'm waiting for a cat to break one or my youngest to break one she's been playing with my little miniature ones Target had them as Christmas ornaments and they were like five dollars a piece and they had pink and green and white and I had to get two of each because again I am crazily obsessed with these things and she's been playing with them on the table. And every time she picks them up, puts them down, I'm like, ugh, I wince a little bit. But I'd rather her break one of the little tiny ones than have her break the larger ones. Especially I have a true vintage one that my husband's grandmother gave me. And I really don't want her to break that because I think it's already been glued twice. So it might just shatter like powder if she does break it. So I'm like, ooh, don't touch that one. You can play with the tiny baby ones. So hopefully, hopefully everybody survives Christmas. <laughs> hopefully all the decorations survive. The, our big tree is not. We're going to figure out how to dispose of that. But it's very old. It was my mom's tree before it was ours. So it, I was talking to my mom. We're thinking it could be close to 30 years old. So it's probably time to go. Unfortunately, it, you know, you survived 30 years and you didn't survive one year with a fully grown cat like he climbed all over the tree last year but he was a small kitten still he was very tiny and he didn't even weigh five pounds when he was climbing on it now you know dump truck over there is like 12 pounds we took him to the vet he did very well at the vet he got his shots he's good to go he got his yearly checkup he's all good but he's hefty he's hefty now and he's snapping branches and knocking the tree over we had to put a very large tub in front of it so it's not very festive but it's safer now because he was knocking it over and hitting the kids when they were playing on the xbox so now it's like mm, well it's not pretty but it's safe i guess we could always anchor it to the wall put some eyelet screws in there so who knows but um i guess you have your crazy mid-month podcast from me and I will see you guys maybe after Christmas or maybe not till 2022. I haven't decided yet. I know my oldest wants to come on and do an interview again like he did last year with me because he thinks it's fun and he listens to it. Um, so I might try to do that as like another bonus episode. I don't know. But have a wonderful holiday season. May nobody murder anybody and we all get through this semi-sane.